late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Maramsey. Pips the players, the hustlers, the people at Bustle, and everybody else in between, including Teddy Covers. Great stuff uh, with Teddy, but we're not done uh, with our guests. Uh, we got a couple of more great guests uh, stepping up, and then Russ Baxter will join us. We'll talk about this Cleveland Brown Pittsburgh Steelers game. Uh, we'll go down to memory lane. He is uh, into football history. Wrote a good, great column over at um, uh, over at uh, NFLSpin.com, part of Fanside at SI.com, uh, of course. Drew Martin Betts uh, will join us as well uh, to break down the national championship game on Monday night. We can't get enough of that. And, you know, it's pretty crazy because, you know, it doesn't really feel like it, but it's already Thursday right now. Tomorrow, you know, we're going to be NFL heavy. It's like our last crack at this. And tomorrow night, I promise, we'll give you a bunch of props because the props are starting to be posted right now uh, for these games. Um, I'm just talking about how he props, but I like football props. Um, you know, at least, well, whatever. All props suck, all right? <laughs> you get screwed in all these sports, man. All right? You get screwed in all these sports. But basically, we have all this NFL and, you know, the old Joan Collins special. Uh, we got all these NFL games, but so we're going to talk NFL, and then boom, Monday you got the championship game. And to me, you know, I don't know, man. I, re- I could be whacked out. I could be as whacked out as Kyrie Irving or Kanye uh, West is in believing that Ohio State, and, you know, Teddy says, well, I don't want to get in front of them. I don't want to get in front of the best uh, team in college football. And I totally get it. You know, Alabama are lethal. Alabama are awesome. But, you know, you guys watch the Florida Gators play against uh, Alabama. Basically, you need to be able to trade points with these guys. You're not stopping that offense. You're, you're, you're not. It's very simple. Like, you're not, you're not stopping that offense, a lethal offense, a devastating offense that's getting. Are you kidding me? Um, are you are you kidding me? They're getting Waddle back. I guess you know it's not you know is it a hundred percent confirmed? Uh, you know that's it's they're a lethal team. Yet I think people are undervaluing what Ohio. Um, I think people are undervaluing what Ohio State can do. I think people underestimate the talent that Ohio State has. Look at the talent in the National Football League that they produced. Olave is a badass wide receiver in his own right, man. Trey Sermon is running the hell out of the football right now. And Fields is a stud quarterback. We got a hell of a football game. Bring it. Non-stop live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. What, are you not going to listen? We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. SportsGrid is available on the radio, internet, TV, satellite, and don't forget our mobile app. So if you're not getting it, you're just not trying. Keep it right here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Go on, you stupid horse. I got my last 10 bucks on you. No, don't look at me. Run. No, don't come.
come over here? Uh, oh, boy. Late night anger management class. This is sports rage. I am Gideon Bobrancy. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else uh, in between. And speaking of getting busted, uh, UFC fighter Irwin Rivera has been arrested and charged with attempted murder. And, you know, when you hear these stories, you're like, wow, well, you know, okay, well, what, what really happened? And what really happened is freaking crazy. That's what really happened. UFC fighter Irwin Rivera was arrested Thursday on two counts of attempted murder. He was booked just after noon Eastern after being apprehended by the uh, Boynton uh, Beach Police Department. So I guess he's a Florida man today and is being held uh, without bail. Um, and considering that, you know, he's a nobody in the UFC, Dana White will not be posting bail for him, even if there was bail. <laughs> so, all right, so this, this is pretty crazy, man. So Boynton Beach Police Department spokesperson Stephanie Slater told ESPN that Rivera is accused of stabbing his two sisters. Boynton Beach Police officers found two women, one age 22 and the other 33, with multiple stab wounds after being called to a residence per the incident uh, police report. The younger woman had wounds in her back, head, and arm. The older had wounds on her back, face, arms, and hands. Both were alive and rushed to a hospital. Uh, this is it. His sisters. This is what's pretty crazy, man. Listen, I've followed MMA a long time. I've covered, I know a lot of these dudes. And, you know, a lot of them are crazy and stuff. This has to be right up there. You know, War Machine. You know, we've got dudes that have rocked banks. You got the War Machine story and stuff like that. Threesome gone bad, War Machine. That's what really happened there. There's a, three, a threesome gone bad. That war machine story, remember with uh, Christy Mack? They were having a threesome, and I guess there was like another dude. And um, you know, war machine wasn't bringing it like uh, as much as the other dude was, Mateus, if you know what I'm saying. Christy Mack called him out for it. Things got ugly fast. <laughs> that, that <laughs> so was fast good. that yeah, think, think, that's what happened, actually. There's some behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, things got so out of hand that War Machine's in jail for the rest of his life, I believe. Um, so that's pretty crazy. I mean, look, Rampage Jackson ran over a pregnant woman. Accidentally, he was all whacked out on, like, blowing energy drinks, I think. And, like, <laughs> well, or he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't sleep. He was exhausted. My bad, my bad. He was exhausted. Yeah, okay. But you, you know what I'm saying. I like Quentin Rampage. Nice guy. He didn't mean to run that pregnant woman over. She was okay, but the thing is, like I said, like he was a big star at the time, right? So Dana like came to his rescue. Like, you know, look at John Jones. John Jones has done some stupid things, but John Jones has just done stupid things that the average stupid guy does. You know, yeah, I did blow. I left the strip club and I hit someone in a red light. Actually, that part is all kind of, all right, yeah, that could happen to people. Like, I'm not judging anybody. The part about then you fleeing the scene and leaving your UFC ID in your glove compartment in the middle of the road is probably not a good idea. And, and what's the deal, too? You see Mike Perry a couple of days ago was posting pictures of him, like, bleeding to death. Yeah. I, man, I got to tell you. So, listen, I've heard a lot of crazy things, but this is over-the-top crazy. So, Boynton Beach police officers found two women, one 22, the other 33, his sisters. All right? The sisters, one of the sisters told police that they were staying with their brother in one of his spare rooms. They were sleeping. They awoke 
to him stabbing them. He stabbed both of his sisters as they slept. It's a heavy metal song. It's it's a heavy metal song right here. (laughs) Stab you while you sleep. Uh, Man, stabbed them while they slept. He then fled the scene. Police made contact with him um, hours later. And he told them, I just killed my sisters. According to the report, Rivera told police that he entered his sister's bedroom while they were sleeping and stabbed them with a brass knuckle knife. Rivera told police that he believed that he had killed his sisters and he did it because it was his purpose, told to him by a higher power. And Trump's gotten to everybody. <laughs> Trump, Trump's gotten to everybody. Uh, in, in a statement, the UFC said it's investigating this extremely troubling situation and would not be offering Rivera a fight at this time. Well, that's pretty big of you not to offer him a fight. The next fight he gets into is going to be in San Quentin on death row. <laughs> like, like uh, offer him a fight at this time. Oh, wait, oh, wait, wait, oh, what are we going to put him on the card next week? UFC is aware of the incident involving Irwin Rivera and subsequently received information from his management that he's been exhibiting behavior consistent with mental health issues. The allegations are extremely troubling and the organization is currently gathering additional information. The investigation is ongoing and any potential next steps include disciplinary action or medical attention will be determined upon the conclusion. Furthermore, the UFC is informed Rivera's management that he will be not offered a fight at this time. Well, I guess so. When you're under arrest for attempted murder and you're in jail, I guess you can't offer him a fight. <laughs> oh, no, you can't offer him a fight. Hey, listen, the guy, you know, only hardcore fight fans would really know who this guy is. He was the Titan FC bantamweight champion. Um, yet, you know, as I stated, Mike Perry, Mike Perry of the UFC uh, was posting some disturbing pictures earlier in the week. All right, um... Some very disturbing pictures, like he cut himself type thing, like pretty badly, like not just like, hey, you know, I'm a teenage golf girl here listening to My Chemical Romance. No, no, no. Like, it looks like he slit one of his arteries in his calf or something, Matthias. Did you see the picture of Mike Perry? And I did, Gabe. He just posted a video, too. He posted a picture. Yeah, he posted a picture and video of him, like, lying there, like, like I said, guys, not like, oh, I just broke, I punched my hand and I hurt myself, I'm drunk, ha, ha, ha. No, no. It's like, like he slid his artery type thing. I don't know what the hell this guy did. And he goes, uh, in a video, he goes, what am I supposed to do about this? And then he goes on to say, um, you know, no matter how much I love you, I'll give you whatever. I, can, I, I need to pour my blood for you. Like, I don't know, dude, it looks like his, you know, man. He's posting pictures with that girl all the time and buying her cars and stuff. And we've always said, yeah, he he said, no matter what I do, it's never enough. So I act out. Happy to spill my own blood. Listen, I hope he's okay. I've always thought he's an idiot, Matthias. Like, it's hard to, like, sympathize with this guy when he's punching old dudes outside of bars and stuff like that. I get it. He thinks he's a gangster and stuff. But he really does need help, this guy. Mike Perry needs help. And where I'm going with this is, you know, the UFC can say after, oh, you know, we had no idea. And oh, his manager says this. Well, I get it. They're independent contractors when you want them to be, and then they're not at other times. It seems like, you know, 
you know, these the, the company turns a blind eye and just hopes that somebody doesn't stab someone as they sleep. But here we are right now. I mean, look, you know, Conor McGregor's always getting into it, John Jones, etc. They got to tighten this stuff up on ESPN, Matthias, in my opinion. Uh, you know, it just, it seems like they don't care, to be honest. It's like, well, it's not our problem, right? It's they not our problem. Care, Perry. But Perry right now is yeah. on the verge of, betting, of getting cut, but he's also on the verge of possibly killing himself. What we've seen from the past with Mike Perry, he has troubled relationship issues with his prior girlfriend. She makes a report saying that he's beat her up. He gets a new young girlfriend, gets her pregnant, Cuts his leg, kicking a, a piece of glass because he got pissed off at his as, at his girlfriend. The guy's an absolute mess. He didn't make weight in his last fight, and he said he doesn't want to pay taxes, so screw it. The guy's out of control. It's time to get him under control. I'm actually surprised. There was we haven't seen. There's no video of any uh, MMA fighters that were in the capital. The video. It's quite the electric crew. You know that dude that was married to um, to Britney Spears for a couple of minutes. Um, he was there. <laughs> what a life. Married to Britney Spears for 55 minutes. <laughs> late night. Late night anger management class continues. Vent your rage. Bring it. To be honest, we should come with a warning label. Caution. 24-hour sports talk. May cause mild addiction. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Radio, the internet, TV, satellite, and our mobile app. We make it easy. Like, real easy. In fact, if you're not listening, it's you. It's always you. Slacker. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Gable Morenci. We're breaking it down. It's the wild card weekend, and not just the wild card weekend, but the super wild card uh, weekend. And uh, let's break it down with the pro football uh, guru, Russ Baxter, steps up in it. Uh, Bax football guru on uh, Twitter. NFL, a spin zone, fan sided NFL, full press NFL. Um, you know, would be here all night if we told you everywhere that he is. But follow him on Twitter. And I really enjoyed his piece about the Cleveland Browns' return to the NFL playoffs. Russ, welcome to Sports Ridge. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Well, congratulations on this as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, anything that's got sports in it and anything is you know, football talk is all good with me. Well, that's it. You're on our, our maiden voyage, although it's sort of like a bride that shouldn't be wearing white. It's not really our debut on Sirius. <laughs> we've been on we've been on Sirius XM uh, in the past uh, before, but uh, this is our, our return uh, this evening. It's great to have you back, and I guess it's actually fitting um, that, you know, what's amazing is last night was our 19th anniversary of this uh, radio show, and we started in 2002. So January 6, 2002, a lot of synergy here, Russ, as the Cleveland Browns return to the playoffs for the first time since 2002. It makes me feel old because I remember this night like it was yesterday. And I've always thought highly of Butch Davis. Whenever anybody ever criticized Butch Davis, I'm like, hey, he got the Cleveland Browns into the playoffs, man. <laughs> That's right. I mean, and listen, this is a franchise since they came back in the league in 1999. 
um, that's now been to the playoffs twice. Um, their 11 wins, by the way, is the most since they came back into the league. Um, you know, it's only the second time since 99 that they've won at least 10 games. Um, and they come in here with a, a little momentum. Um, you know, I know they played Pittsburgh last week and Pittsburgh sat some people and so on. But uh, even in some of the games, I mean, I know they lost to the Jets and uh, a little shorthanded with their wide receivers and lost a wild Monday night game to a very hot Baltimore team. But I, I think this is a team that comes in with some with confidence, some confidence and so on. And, you know, now they just got to overcome a few other historic things like, uh, you know, a Brown, I, I'm going to word it this way. A Browns team hasn't won a playoff game since 1994 um, when Bill Belichick was the head coach and he beat Bill Parcells. Um, and the Browns haven't won in Pittsburgh since 2003. Wow. And, you know, when you said they have some things to overcome, as, as, as a young kid, one of my first, like, vivid football memories and was the mistake by the lake and Brian Sipe. And, and then, yeah. of course, over the years, you had the drive, the fumble. There's been just so much. But, you know, you've got to tip your cap to this coaching staff, don't you? And I kind of rolled my eyes. You know, oh, yeah, here we go again. Here's just another one of these coordinators, you know, to bring in just another guy. And, you know, it was hard to buy in. That Stefanski, that, you know what, this is different. This is going to be a different coaching staff. Now, nothing personal against Freddie Kitchens, but he was in over his head as far as being a head coach in the National Football League, turning a, a program around. This this program needed some discipline, and it looks like um, like Coach Stefanski brought it, uh, brought it uh, to Cleveland. And you mentioned, you know, all the wins that they had this year. So an 11-win team without Odell Beckham as well, Russ. A lot of adversity and a lot of injuries that they faced throughout the year, too. I, I, I think what Kevin Stefanski brought more than discipline was a plan. And I think that's been the biggest problem with the Cleveland Browns since they came back into the league. Okay? I mean, you know, just think about this. Okay? And think about some of the teams they're, they're in the division with. Okay? Kevin Stefanski is their 12th different head coach since 1999, okay? <laughs> he's Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's been in the league three years, and it's his fourth head coach, okay? Baker Mayfield is the team's, are you ready for this? 30th different starting quarterback since 1999, okay? So um, you're in a division with one franchise that's had three head coaches since 1969, you're in a division with a head coach that's been in place since 2007, which is Mike Tomlin, another one that's been in place since 2008. So, um, and the Browns are polar opposite of that. And I'll have to tell you how important continuity is in football. So important. And it's the one thing that franchises has lacked. And once you put a plan into place, okay, um, things start to make sense. And Kevin Stefanski brought the same game plan that he had with the Minnesota Vikings, which was Dalvin Cook and, you know, at wherever the running back was, where go, even if Dalvin Cook was hurt, it was stressing the run and stressing yeah. balance. You don't win anything in this league throwing for a bunch of yards. Um, this is now 55 for 55. Okay. No player has ever led the NFL in passing yards and won the Super Bowl the same year. Okay? We saw, we, saw, 
Yeah, I mean, it doesn't work that way. One player is throwing 40 touchdown passes in the season. Their team won the Super Bowl the same year. That was 1999 with Kurt Warner. Okay? So you, those are MVP. Herm Edwards said they do. Those are MVP numbers. They're not Super Bowl winning numbers. All those passing yards, congratulations. You probably won your fantasy football league. Okay? But you're not winning your reality football league unless you can do both things. Okay? And if you are heavy in one area, okay, be heavy in the run. Because what does the run do? It sets up play-action passing. It controls the clock. It keeps your defense off the field. And, at the, listen, at times, I'll have to tell you, the Cleveland Browns need to keep their defense off the field. Now, it's amazing as you talk about, as about there's a difference between you show me a quarterback – that throws for 300-plus uh, yards, 350 yards. They probably lost the football game. And last night we had Mike Dettelier on the show, and he was talking about Coach Flores and, and the Miami Dolphins, and we were just sort of talking about smash-mouth football right now and how the perception is, Russ, we're in this modern era, pass-happy, we break offensive records every week, everything is DFS and fantasy-related. Players sort of suck unless they're good DFS players, right? I remember a couple of years ago, I remember getting, you know, hearing from fantasy guys, Derrick Henry's just, oh, all he does is run for yards. <laughs> yeah. All he does is run for yards, Russ, right? But, yeah, but, and, all, and, and all he does, and all yeah. he does is make, all he does is make defensive backs famous. Um, after he's yeah, yes. arm, somebody runs over yes. And okay. tired and sore. Famous, tired, right. I mean, tired was, and sore. But as you were saying, way, you look at Cleveland yeah, the smashing them. describe Derrick Henry yeah. is if you've ever had to help your friends move a refrigerator up a ramp <laughs> and one person lets go, that's Derrick Henry. Yeah, he is the real fridge. He is. Yeah. He, but, I mean, so. he, he is. And listen, for him to do what he did this year, okay, follow up last year. You see, the thing with Derrick Henry that's so interesting is early in his career, he was a number two back. He was a compliment back with the Titans. And I think Mike Ray will finally realize, well, you go back and look early in his career, he didn't get as much carries. Even last year, he didn't get the bulk of his carries to the second half of the year. This year, he was a yeah. full carry guy the whole yeah. season, and he proved he could, do, he could get the job done. And for those, by the way, for those people who talk about contracts and this and that and this on, he signed a massive contract this offseason, re-upped with them, and had the best year of his career. Yeah, and wasn't a jerk about it either, right? Took the 12 mil, said, hey, this is more than I ever dreamed of, uh, happy in life. And I remember seeing him in the offseason, you know, it was during the pandemic, and there he was, like, running up hills with, like, rocks in a backpack type thing on his back. I'm like, man, this guy, this guy's the real deal, and he's hardcore, uh, like a lot of Alabama players have turned out to be. But, Russ, you know, so you look at teams running the football right now, and so we're in this big, big pass-happy era, but... Yeah, as you stated, you look at the successful teams, they're running the football, and as I was saying, so Coach Flores was saying, you know, you look at all the the speed in the NFL now, all these sort of smaller linebackers, smaller defensive backs, and it's almost like the pendulum is swung, and some of these coaches have realized, let's just play smash mouth again and start running the football, and let's have a couple of good running backs, and that's exactly what Cleveland has uh, right now. Is that what they hang their hat on coming into this football game? We're going to just run the hell out of the football. We've got uh, Chubb. We've got Hunt. Let's use them. Well, listen, they have one guy who finished second in the league in rushing last year, Nick Chubb. 
They have another guy who led the league in rushing three years ago when he was with the Kansas City Chiefs and Kareem Hunt. Um, so they're playing to their strengths. And any quarterback is going to be better with a running game. I've, I've never understood why you want one person to carry the load in a team game. Okay, why put pressure all on one person yep. to have to be the person? It, it, it makes zero sense to me. Look at okay? the Chiefs. They drafted a running well, back. Look at the Chiefs. Listen, They're like, the Chiefs, let's draft a running back. Right. Well, look and look at the Chiefs. Last two years ago, they scored 565 points. Okay, they gave up 421 points. Okay, I saw them lose a game to New England, two games to New England, in which they scored 40 and 31 points and lost both games. 40 and 31 and lost both games. Yeah. Okay. The following year, the year they won the Super Bowl last year, they went from allowing 421 points to 308. That's 113 points. That's seven points a game. Okay. You don't have to win 51-48. Okay. That, that's another game. Didn't they, they lost the Monday night game to the Rams. They scored 48 <laughs> in the yeah. Okay. So just, just think about that. Kansas City is now dangerous because they can beat you a lot of different ways. They can beat you offense, defense, special teams. That's why people are intrigued by Buffalo, because Buffalo is scoring points, offense, defense, special teams. So there's a little, like a little similarity there and so on. Um, although I will say I think they're going to have their hands full this week. Um, they got a hot running back, Jonathan Taylor, going oh, up we'll to get, Buffalo. I'm a Bills fan, guess, Russ. We'll get to that. Uh, All right, listen, we'll, we'll take a quick break here. We'll get, continue mm-hmm. to kick it with uh, Russ Baxter. Sports Rage Late Night continues. We do this 24 hours a day, working hard to bring you the news you can use. Get on the grid. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's not your wife, it's not your kids, it's not your neighbor, and it sure isn't your boss. Only we understand you. We are your friends. You're listening to The Winning Edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sports Race Late Night continues. I am Gabriel Morenzi. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates. And, of course, we welcome back Sirius XM Channel 204. We're breaking it down. The countdown to Wild Card Weekend is on. And, of course, the National Championship uh, game. And uh, I'm not so sure I liked uh, where Russ was going as we went into the last uh, break there about my Buffalo Bills having their hands uh, full. But I know we do. But we'll get to that in a moment. Let's just wrap up uh, the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game. So we could go on and on about it, but I'm fascinated. I just love it. I love the rivalry between these two teams, although obviously been extremely one-sided. I love the synergy that the Browns are back in the playoffs and that they're, they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's who they played last time. And incidentally, guys, and I had forgotten, but I read your column and a great column, guys. Uh, we encourage people to go over and check it out over at the NFL spinzone.com. I forgot that the Browns had a 24-7 lead uh, in that football game. They ended up losing 36-33. I can tell you from a betting perspective, guys, that the Steelers were eight-point favorites. 
Edwards uh, that day. So Cleveland covered in 2002 in the playoff game. But I don't have to tell you, Russ, you're an historian. So if there isn't, since Cleveland have come back and being been reborn, this is one of the most one-sided rivalries in all of sports, isn't it? Similar to the Patriots oh, owning my Buffalo Bills. I mean, Ben yeah, Rogers, I, mean, remember, I saw 12-0 and at home against these guys. Yeah, and, and listen, we, listen, we saw last year that Cleveland came into Pittsburgh and lost a game with that, and they didn't have Ben Roethlisberger. So it has been lopsided. Not a, not quite thirty-five to five like <laughs> Buffalo and New England. But you'll also know this as a Buffalo Bills guy. The Buffalo Bills are part of a dubious NFL record because as bad as things have been with the Patriots, they lost to another team twenty times in a row. Do you remember what I'm talking about? No. I actually they don't. Lost, Who did we? They lost to the Miami Dolphins the entire decade of the 1970s. I was going to say, exactly, in the early 70s, I was going to say, I know the Bills were bad. So, you know, if I was on Stump the Schwab, I would have gotten it. <laughs> I would have taken a couple of seconds. I would have got it. The electric company. Yeah, speaking of which, yeah, you know, the, the electric companies. You know, when I became a football fan, so it was right around like 76, 77, and with the Buffalo Bills, so it was sort of the end of the OJ era, but Joe Ferguson and Joe Cribs. That was like my first Bills team. You know, Chuck Knox, you know, Joe you, Ferguson, you Joe Cribs. Yeah, oh, oh, that, well, they lost 20 in a row to the Dolphins from 1970 to 79. In week one of 1980, they beat the Miami Dolphins, and the star of the game was Joe Cribs. Wow. And I can tell you, you know, you look through history, and, and, and listen, the Raiders won the Super Bowl that year. They the mistake by Lake and so on. Yeah. But I can tell you, even though the Eagles were really, really good that year, Two teams in the league that might have been a smidge better were the Falcons and the Bills in 19. The Buffalo Bills in 1980 were a Jim Haslett on defense. Um, that was a really, really good football team. Um, and they got knocked out in the playoffs on the late pass in San Diego. And then, of course, San Diego lost to Oakland um, in the AFC championship game and so on. It was like the 79 Chargers were one of the best teams that never won a title. They didn't even win a playoff game. Um, and they lost to the gutty Houston Oilers. who didn't have Earl Campbell and Dan Pastorini and Mike Renfro. Um, uh, I'm sorry, not the Mike Renfro, Kenny Burrow that day and so on. That was a Vernon Perry. Do you remember that name? Yeah, yeah. I'm getting goosebumps right now. Just remember, it. I swear the Houston Oilers got screwed in Pittsburgh that day, didn't they? Come on. They, didn't well, they get screwed know, over? <laughs> I have watched that. I think today it would have been ruled a touchdown. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I can I can understand the confusion on the play because every time I have watched the play, I haven't watched it in a while. Okay, you're trying to watch his feet and his hands at the same time, and you can't do it. Okay, you're looking to see if he got his feet in, and then at the same time you're looking to see if he actually caught the ball. I would think today it would probably be ruled a touchdown. Okay, and back then you also know, and it, it, it has little to do with this play. Those were the days where you could catch a pass and jump up in the air, and if the defender forced you out of bounds, they would give you the catch. Now you have to come down with two feet and have yeah. control of the ball. Remember, they changed the rule, but it used you to be you could also bobble the ball before too, right? And like you could juggle it like Krusty the Clown as long as it didn't hit the ground. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Raiders and Dave Casper changed that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. The Chargers and so on the immac- what they call That's that. What the I, told immac- people, the I used to tell people that. I'm like, man, I saw Fred Blitnikoff juggle the ball ten times on the sidelines, and it ruled it complete. Well, 
you saw in that Raiders Chargers game, you saw like they actually he actually pitched the ball forward. Okay, try and remember who the player was and so on. I mean, they they knew that Kenny Stabler basically threw the ball to fumble on purpose and so on, and somehow they they pulled it off and so on, which I which was great. One of the great it's yeah. it's, it's a play that a play that changed the rule. Um, but, uh, you know, as we saw years later with the Raiders in the tuck rule game, that was, a, that was a play, uh, that started the dynasty and eventually the play went away. It was, it, it doesn't exist anymore. Man, we can, go by, we can go down memory lane and yeah, about changing rules. Uh, you would know, I don't know the guy's name, but the guy that nearly killed Terry Bradshaw, the old wrestling slam, <laughs> like they had to change the rule Turkey, after that, right? <laughs> Turkey Jones, 1976. Yeah, Turkey Jones. <laughs> Yeah. For people who don't know tuning in, basically, he picked up like Terry Bradshaw and threw him down, man. Like, you know, like not like a bag of potatoes, like a bag of garbage. Like you throw a bag of trash that's leaking. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Against a wall. Like, get this away from me. (laughs) Yeah, he basically spiked him on his head. And he knocked Bradshaw out for like a month and a half. And, um, you know, I was talking to people about great defense and so on. The Steelers lost him for a while. Uh, they were defending two-time defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, they were one and four after that game. And then they had a young quarterback who they relied on, named Mike Kruzek, who came in and started a bunch of games for them. But here, here's the rub. They then went on a nine-game tear to close the season. Get ready for this. They pitched five shutouts. They gave up 28 points That's in nine games. They gave up two touchdowns. In nine games, they held eight of their last nine opponents without a touchdown. Okay, it's steel curtain. Now early in the season, I mean, you want to talk about and, and listen, that defense has five Hall of Famers on it. Okay, so I mean, Mel Blunt, now Donnie Shell, Jack Ham, Jack Lambert, Joe Green, and good knows knows that Elsie Greenwood ever gets in there and so on. That's I mean, it's a different era. I understand that, but twenty eight points in nine games. That's twenty eight points in nine games. The only kind of thing I can think of is like the Bears defense. So listen, man, time is flying by here, and I'm really enjoying uh, talking football with you, Russ. So um, what about this game? I sort of get the feeling that, you know, we talked about, uh, we brought, so 36-33 last time in 2002. I don't know if it's the same high-scoring game, but I get the feeling that Pittsburgh survives, but it is a close football game. What's your feeling? What's your take? They, they continue, the Steelers make things hard on themselves because they have no balance. Okay, we, we were just talking about the 7016. Okay, and that 7016, besides having a great defense, had 2,000 yard rushers on it. Okay, Franco Harris, who's obviously in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and Rocky Blyer also ran for 1,000 yards that year as well. Okay, again, it was a totally different era. Okay, but you know, you know as well as I do, Pittsburgh is associated with rough and tumble football and the running game and the running game. And guess who finished with the fewest rushing yards in the league this year? The Pittsburgh Steelers. They didn't try to run. Like you said, they didn't try. Like there was no balance. We know Ben's arm is tired, so let's have him throw 52 times. Right, Russ? Like that made a lot of sense. That was the thing that was troublesome. It's not the fact that they couldn't run as they didn't even – attempt to run. I mean, 15 years ago, it was the bus. And this is like, you know, a, what, what, what do you call this? A, 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 a broken down <laughs> the taxi? Uber. 
The Uber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Uber. You're right. They didn't have an identity. All right, so let's blast through some picks. We've got about four minutes uh, here. What do you think happens in this game? Who Do you think Pittsburgh survives a close one, or are you calling a Cleveland upset here? Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland upset them. I really wouldn't because I think they're coming in here with a certain exuberance and so on. And at time, I think down the stretch, Pittsburgh looked a little tired. And I know they had to deal with a weird schedule with the COVID, not because of them, but because of other teams as well and so on. Um, but they're going to have to run the foot. They really are going to have to run the football or or Miles Garrett is going to spend the afternoon, or I should say the evening, in that backfield. Somehow, I think Pittsburgh wins late and wins weird. <laughs> late and weird. I like the call. All right, so we've got, we've got three minutes. You brought up the Colts and the Bills. Listen, everyone we talk to thinks the Bills are going to roll. I'm a little concerned. I respect the Colts. I respect Reich. I, I'm a big Jonathan Taylor fan as well. But I do think Buffalo gets it done. Are you calling an upset there? And in one of these games, like, is there going to be an upset? What's going to be surprising this week? What will be people talking about on Sunday night? Can the Washington football team get in Tom Brady's face? Okay. Because we've seen Tom Brady lose on the, be on the losing end of a couple Super Bowls. And the prevailing factor wasn't necessarily Eli Manning, but it was more so that the, a defensive line, you know, Michael Strahan and Justin Tuck and OCU Manure and all those guys over the course of those couple Super Bowls were able to, you know, pummel him. And listen, Chase Young says he wants Tom Brady. Well, now he's going to get him. Uh, and he said that in a complimentary fashion, to be honest with you. And so maybe refer to him as a goat, um, but maybe he likes goat. So, I mean, I, I think that's certainly <laughs> I know I know a lot of people are kind of dismissing the Bears. And I'm not saying they're going to go into New Orleans and win. But I will say this. I've watched New Orleans the last three years in the playoffs. Um, give up a pass at the end of the game to lose in Minnesota. Yeah. Kind of gets screwed, get screwed against the Rams in the NFC Championship game. And I'm still trying to figure out what their game plan was at home against Minnesota. Remember, they lost at home in still the wild card. And okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. They yeah. didn't, you know, they got screwed against the Rams, but they also were limited. They've hit the wall in the playoffs all the time. Like in, in, in this, this modern era. I'm with you too in the sense that you know, I don't know if people realize like the Bears have averaged 28 points a game with Trubisky. Mm -hmm. He's six and three. They're playing with house money. The Roquan Smith stuff is is bad, though, isn't it? Like, you know, if they were just 100% healthy, but hey, no, no, nobody is. All right, so we got a minute. We got a minute uh, left uh, here. Um, Baltimore, Lamar hasn't won a playoff game yet. I think he does get that done. And that Ram Seahawks game, no one, no one wants to pick that. All of our guests are like, oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one. We got less than a minute now, Russ. What do you think about that game with the Rams and the Hawks? I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning the Rams because I know what they have done to Russell Wilson over the years in terms of that pass rush, and I think it's less about the quarterbacks and it's more about Aaron Donald. And the Seahawks were carried by their offense early in the year. Now they, you know, they're 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 kind of carried by their defense, kind of. But you know, I think that might be the lowest scoring game of the six, to be honest with you. I think the Colts are a very, very live underdog, to be honest with you, because the one thing Buffalo does not do well is stop the run, and you got a hot running back coming in yeah, there. Yeah, you can attack. And as them. far as Lamar Jackson goes, to me, it's not so much that he's, uh, you know, that zero and two is a starter. 
in the playoffs. It's how he's played. He's barely completed 50% of his passes. He's fumbled four times. He's lost two of them. He's thrown three touchdowns, three picks, and been sacked 11 times. He has looked like a nervous wreck. It's not so much the 0-2. It's the performance. And let's not forget something here. Not only did Baltimore go, I mean, Tennessee go into Baltimore and beat them in the playoffs last year. Tennessee went up to Baltimore in the regular season and overcame a double-digit deficit and beat them in Baltimore this year. That's why this is so big. You're right, Russ. Yeah. We're up we're, we're up against it. Um, it's great stuff. I really enjoyed the call. We encourage people to check it out. Follow Russ on uh, Twitter. Uh, Bax Football Guru. Happy New Year, Russ. Thanks for joining us, my man. Gotcha. Good luck with everything, and, and let's talk. Since you were a little kid, you've always loved sports. So have we. One of us. One of us. One of us. This One is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Believe it or not, you can listen too much to us. I mean, it's possible. Get to know your family again. Did you know your wife cries herself to sleep every night? That's what she told us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Late night anger management class. Man, we've had quite the uh, the football history lessons uh, this week on the show. Football encyclopedias. Mike Dettelier, uh, Russ Baxter uh, just uh, kicked it uh, with us. Uh, great, uh, great uh, stuff. So we were, we were talking about the Cleveland Browns and it is crazy, though, isn't it? Like I said, it was our 19th anniversary of this show. Uh, 19th anniversary of this show. 2002, we started. January 2002. And that's the last time the Cleveland Browns made the playoffs. Man, a lot of stuff has happened, man, in the world, in our lives since that night. I got to tell you. <laughs> I got I to gotta tell you. Um, so I threw this out there earlier. Just a little football uh, trivia. If you want to be the smartest uh, guy amongst, uh, you know, your buddies at the sports bar this weekend, if, if there is a sports bar that's open, curbside sports bar. <laughs> curbside. Um, you know, you know is, am I the only one that's bothered by that term curbside? Curbside service? What do you mean takeout? <laughs> what do you mean curbside? And I like the other one. They say, you know, oh, we deliver your pizza contact free. It's like, shouldn't that, the, isn't that the way it should have always been? So what are you guys saying? Before you used to carry the pizza with your bare hands, like the dough and everything? You know, it's like, yeah, curbside. I, I love that curbside service. Well, you mean takeout to go? Why don't you just call it like, yeah, you can get it to go. A curbside service. It's like, yeah, thanks. Um, so uh, we like going down that memory lane uh, with this stuff. So we threw it out there. If you want to be the smartest guy, the last time the Cleveland Browns were in a playoff game, the starting quarterback was Kelly Holcomb. The last time they won a playoff game, the starting quarterback, the starting quarterback was Vinny Testaverde. Yet, let's look at the Buffalo Bills, as the Buffalo Bills playoff history is also uh, not good. The Buffalo Bills have not won a playoff game uh, since December the 30th, 1995, in which uh, they beat the Miami Dolphins, 37 to 22. As we stated, it's been a while. <laughs> a long while. Jim Kelly was the starting quarterback. Dan Marino was the starting quarterback as well. 
both Hall of Famers. Bring it. You're listening to the home of the winning edge. It's easy to get. Just keep it here. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.